Happy Tuesday to all my mental health advocates out there. Another mental health talk is headed your way as we are all working together to help each other on our journeys and eliminate mental health stigma. Today, we're going to take a deep dive into burnout and how it can affect our mental health. After sitting down with today's guest on one of my first episodes of my YouTube show, Writing with Authors, I learned about her mental health journey and what she can contribute to this show and all the value she can bring. You can check out her episode on Writing with Authors in the episode description. Just scroll down. For so long, Finca thought she had to change who she was in order to fit in the world. I know she is not alone in thinking that, and if you're listening on today, neither are you. She is ready to deliver an honest episode to help you make the best of your day, but before we get started, let's open up Finca. What does mental health mean to you? Thank you, Vincent, for having me. First of all, I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Um, Mental health is, um, I I think it it brings into not just our own uh, mental health, it's emotional, it's spiritual, it's physical, uh, and it's intellectual. It's how we show up. It's how we are being in the world and how healthy are we in doing so. And so it's, uh, it's pivotal to how we show up, uh, who we are, and the life experience or work experience that we have, depending on uh, our level of mental health. Great way you put that there to really balance everything. And that's the truth. It's never just our physical health in the gym. For me personally, that's my mental health booster. I go to the gym in the morning so I can think clearly and reduce my stress, reduce my anxiety. Everything complements each other. Thank you for putting that so uniquely. And with that, let's get the show started. It is time for a mental health break. I am Vincent A. Lancey. Thank you for joining us. My books, Mental Health Week and Mr. Lancey Talks Mental Health are both on Amazon now. If it's your first time with us, I would like to welcome you here. I sit down with mental health advocates and professionals from all over the world each Tuesday to help you on your journey. You never know which story is going to resonate with you most. I began focusing on mental health after being the victim of a hit and run accident and suffering a traumatic brain injury. You will learn today's guests why in just a moment. Before Franka comes on with us today, I'd love to share that this episode is brought to you by Tampa Counseling and Wellness. Dedicated to helping individuals looking to positively transform their lives through compassionate counseling and wellness coaching. If you struggle with depression, anxiety, or other mental health issues, Give them a call today for a free consultation, whether that's in person or virtual therapy that inspires change. And also they are in the show description. This show has been a long time in the making and we were finally able to sync up our schedules, excuse me, months of going back and forth. But here we are. She has a lot to offer all the way around podcast host, author, facilitator, coach, and of course, mental health advocate. Finka, thank you so much for joining me on another series. Thank you so much for having me here, Vincent. Would you mind introducing yourself to everyone who does mm-hmm, not absolutely. have the privilege of knowing you? Canada today, all the way to Tampa. Let's introduce ourselves. Yeah, from the north to the south yes. uh, and right back here now on my end. Um, so uh, my name is Finka Yerkovic. I am the founder and CEO of Finka Communications, Inc. Uh, my company helps organizations and individuals transform the way they sell so they don't compromise their people, their purpose, or their profit. And uh, 
I go out there helping people remove the blocks of fear that gets in the way uh, that makes selling uncomfortable uh, and how to do it from a place of authenticity, empathy, and purpose. So it feels good for you as the professional going out there selling, but also for the clients and customers you're there to serve. You mentioned it feels good. Are you saying that the actions we take can make us feel good upstairs too? Absolutely. I, I believe any skill uh, or anything that we do, and there's a line, um, it's, um, I don't know who said it, but it's how you do anything is how you do everything. And I take that to heart. Uh, so when I think of selling and the act of selling skills, we can use learning how to do that as a way to understand our mental health, improve our mental health and be better. And so uh, whether it's a relationship, whether it's your leadership, whether it's a skill set like selling, um, simply, you know, I'll give you a really um, random example because this is where it really hit home for me. Uh, we have horses. I live on, we have a, 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 mi- a mini farm. We live on 85 acres and we've got a h- couple of horses in uh, our uh in our pasture here, uh, that my daughter rides. And in the mornings, part of my routine is I go out there and I muck out stalls. And that's sort of that, how you do anything is how you do everything. Uh, mantra really started to play for me where I'd go out there and how clean I made it, <laughs> how that, that act of cleanliness, how, how I practiced that kind of ripple through the rest of my day. So how I clean their stalls and, you know, kept their thing tidy is how I show up in my office or in my car or in the space that I'm looking to create. What's the tidiness? So there's a ripple in effect. Like, you know, there's another book called something about how you make your bed or make your bed in the morning. Like those small acts of how we do things like Vincent, like what you just said, you're um, working out. That's the physical yeah. exercise you do that supports you to have healthy mental, have that health, healthy mental health. And so there are all these things that we do on the outside that support or pull us away from having, you know, a healthy mind, body, and spirit. Like I touched on routines there, not just the gym, but my morning routine is very regimented as an entrepreneur. We need the flexibility. There's always a million things popping up, a million things we have to do. But to start my day, it's very regimented the way I go about my getting out of bed all the way into the early morning, early afternoon. I have It helps me stay on track by staying organized, having my whiteboard. All of these routines lower my anxiety, lower my stress because I'm not scrambling all over the place. Do you find organization routines help you as well? Absolutely. I have, uh, uh, I have it up here like daily. So I have my, uh, it's called our, our sell from love planner. And, uh, every day I pull it up and yes, it has like the business stuff, but more importantly, what it also shows is, um, I like to call them deliberate positive interruptions. And so deliberate positive interruptions, acronym DPIs, what they stand for are, what are you going to put on purpose because you need to be the driver of that bus yeah. uh, because everyone's out the urgent, busy tornado vortex. We are all living in all of that stuff is going to pull us away from our important stuff. That's positive. So something that's going to give you energy and that interrupts this rhythm, hence a routine. So for instance, my top five for this week are, I got to meditate and pray. That's a combo pack, walk yes. Pilates, write. So anything, my creative writing, my writing, and read for 30 minutes every day. And so literally I have, those are my top five for the week. I squeeze them in every day. I tick, 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 which I've gotten done. And for instance, you know, um, Monday, 
it was raining, pouring here, and I didn't feel like getting wet. So I didn't go for my walk outside, but I did my Pilates. So I'm like, I still move my body. So that's the other piece of it. There's a, a, an alignment of something that moves your body, something that is spiritual and connects you emotionally, and then something intellectual. I'm creating, I'm learning, I'm reading. So there's a, a, a balance of that. And so that is the structure I've put in place. So I've got my, my planner. I pull that up. Yep. I put the top five on the deliberate positive interruptions I'm putting in for my week and I monitor how I'm doing. Now, part of this work is too, is uh, there are weeks that are great. Like I am on, I get all five of them in every day. And yep. then there are weeks like last week where it wasn't so good. <laughs> I was so busy. I was in workshops. I was teaching. I was yep. out there delivering and that lack of balance had me put these things that are super important in the back seat. And so our work here is um, how quickly do we get back in, in, in front of it again? And so there are going to be days, there are going to be weeks. We just don't want it to draw out to months and years that we aren't taking our care of ourselves, our mind, our body, and our spirit. Um, if we're not taking care of it on purpose, consciously no one else is going to do this work and so again i don't mind slip ups slip ups are going to happen we're human and we live in a really busy crazy world that's going to happen you how do we just get back in the driver's seat uh, or else you're going to be in the back seat and someone else is going to be driving you wherever they want to go <laughs> once you recognize that these failures are there's learning lessons and it takes some time to really grasp that because not succeeding at something is always disheartening you want to put your best effort forth but a lot of takeaways from that as well I want to now delve a little deeper into you. Think, uh, what are some things you do to take care of your mental health? Some of your favorite short-term or long-term tactics. Mm -hmm. So these, uh, so for me, from a you know a long-term and short-term, I say my DPI practice. So the deliberate positive interruptions. Yes. Uh, one of the things that I also know, uh, three things that keep me grounded is journaling, meaning writing down what you're thinking. So often all this stuff is inside of us and it just creates a lot of noise and um, a lack of uh, alignment. Like we just all over the place. And then that ends up how we show up on the outside. And so for me sitting down and actually writing out, what am I thinking? What's going on? What am I feeling? And I literally do a Q and a back and forth Q and a, why are you feeling this? What's going on? What happened? But you know, so you're literally having this dialogue with yourself. I'll also, for instance, if I'm making something and the things that I'm usually making is a workshop or uh, writing a book. So I'm writing my second book right now. Yes. Um, I will then sit down and if I'm stuck on something, it's like, okay, what do I want to say? What do I want to teach? And I literally just write it out because if it stays inside me, I don't have perspective. And so we want to put it outside of ourselves. And so that's where putting things on paper is super important. Um like you, I think fit moving our body physically is important. What I think we don't do enough of is taking that body outside. <laughs> so doing it outdoors. I have like, I'm very blessed that I get to live. Um, we live on 85 acres surrounded by trees. I've got cows across the street. I got horses in Amazing. my pasture and I got chickens. Like, and so there's a very nature, natural, um, ambiance or environment that I get to live in. And so I think that is grounding, but if you don't live in that, and I used to not live in that when we lived in the city, take yourself outside still, but also find those sacred spaces where, you know, it's not just the concrete jungle, but go out into like the trees and the walk barefoot, like just literally connect with the other life outside of us. Um, and that's a definite, uh, 
you know, long-term, short-term, it's a daily thing. So I think all of these things are important. And then finally, finally, yeah, sorry. And the the only last one I I would say that is important is meditation. I think writing is powerful because you get to see what you're thinking by writing. Um, But there's a practice, there's something about sitting with yourself. And meditating is not about going into a bliss state uh, or experiencing some like spiritual moment. I don't, I don't think that that's what meditation does. doesn't do it for me. It doesn't, I don't get those. I wish I did, but I don't get those. <laughs> I, I don't get those. I want those bliss moments. Those, ah, oh, the sky opens up, the sun shines through. I don't get those. What I do get though, is a discipline on being with the hard stuff. What I mean by that. So when I'm sitting and meditating and I'll sit for 30 minutes, there's an urge to get off the pillow. Like I got to go do stuff up. I got to get stuff done. I got to go emails. I got to go, you know, and for me, meditation is practicing sitting there with the urge and patiently observing it, feeling the discomfort because that practice of sitting with the urge helps me later when I'm stressed and I go to the pantry Mm -hmm. and I want to get some candy or I go to the fridge and I'm hungry, apparently, <laughs> but I've got emotional distress or something stressed. Like my mental health is off. I'm stressed in some way. Yeah. And I want my automatic like reaction is go satisfy it with some sugar or some food. So meditation is not so much hitting a bliss state. It's a practice of sitting with the discomfort of things. So that way, when I get back into real life, I know how to handle them. So many great points all throughout that. I too, unfortunately, stress eat. It's something I try not to do, but I find myself doing it all the time. Also in meditation, when I, I'm not an everyday meditator. I also, when I started, had these unrealistic expectations, kind of what you said, that this magic drug, poof, I feel better. And it just wasn't like that. I've never been someone that can meditate for 10, 15 minutes. Or actually, I've done 10, but nothing really much more. 10 minute timer, if I can get through that on the Calm app or something, I think I did a job well done. But for me, fitness gets me into that state, that mind state as well. I read a lot about that, how the similar body flow, when you're in that rhythm for an hour, you're just going, going. You talked about creativity. Again, back to my whiteboard. I have to plan it out. I have to see it. If it's in my head, it's all jumbled. I have to really just spell it out for myself. And nature. Right now, as we record, I'm sitting outside trying to get my sunlight. It's funny. In college, I was vitamin D deficient living in Florida in the winters because so it was sort of too hot during the summer. You're not outside. Everybody's in the air conditioning. The winters were in school. So it was nature. I try to prioritize a little more, try to be more mindful of it, I should say, where it's very easy to go, 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 go. I tried to just switch it up and go outside. Unfortunately, I didn't know that Finko was sitting in a bit colder weather today. Yes, I we had I went out for my walk this morning. So I was I was doing a workshop this morning, and usually, not usually, every time I before a workshop, one of the things that I do to help align myself and get my mental space in that place is let me go for a walk first thing in the morning to kind of get the juices flowing. And, and any of those, um, energy, nervous energy bits that I might be, it's like, I can, I can get deal with them outside. And, uh, it was snowing big puffy. Sorry about that. Puffy white snowflakes. It was, uh, it's all gone now. So it's uh, April. It's April. Like it's in the end of April. We got snow, but that's okay. Um, 
glad to have had that moment and back here. And um, one of the other things I wanted to point out, yeah, I think it's please. important that we don't do enough of, uh, and your workout reminded me of it because I never used to do it. So you do a good workout, whether you're, I went for a run or I'd lift some, I do my strength training and then quickly off I went. I did the workout. It was done. Tick. What I never did. And, and even like when I would go do yoga uh, at the end of a yoga practice, they have this pose called the Shavasana and the Shavasana is where you lie down and you literally just take two to five minutes to just kind of take in the experience you just had, how you stretched your body and the feeling that you had. And it didn't really, I started doing this, uh, since COVID happened. So the last couple of years I've been practicing this one and that is taking a moment to just feel your body after you do the workout. So like after a good workout, you need a good stretch, right? That is so important because you are now feeling the rewards of the strength you just acquired for that workout. The same with the run, the same with the yoga or the Pilates that I do. But we've got to give ourselves that five minutes, two minutes, just a moment to say, oh, you know, what was that feeling I had doing this thing? Part of it, there's two things happening. One is we want to create a, a mental tattoo of what that feeling is. So we come back to it because if it feels good, what we know about habit formation, if it, their reward feels good, there is more likely that you're going to come back and repeat the performance, right? Mm -hmm. So we want that, that to happen. The second thing, the thing that we don't do enough of, which our brain is not wired for uh, our brain. And again, it doesn't contribute to our negative, our mental health is the negativity bias. So our brains are wired to look at everything that's broken and wrong. It is here to pay attention to, you know, is there a scary bear behind that tree? Obviously we don't have to in where we all live right now. We don't have to worry about that, thankfully, but that system is millions of years old and it's still in our, in our, in our, in our brain. And so it's still looking for what's wrong, but now what it's looking for, it's not looking for the bear. It's looking at Instagram and comparing. And it's like, well, you don't got this and you don't got that. It's looking at the other entrepreneur Well, they got their stuff together and I don't got my stuff together. So that negativity effect takes a toll on how we feel about ourselves and how we show up. So this is why I'll go back to the two minutes after your exercise or your yoga practice or your Pilates, whatever you do, take a moment to feel good. Program positivity bias. We really need to start teaching our brain to feel good. It knows how to feel bad. It's wired for that. It knows safety. It knows protection. It knows the alerts. What it doesn't know enough of, and that's where our executive function in this prefrontal cortex of our brain is, we've got to consciously make it feel good. And so when it feels good, it's it's something that, you know, maybe not in our lifetime, we have to do it deliberately, but maybe, you know, 17 generations from now, we will be contributing to the positive brain <laughs> bias that's going to be built in because we're doing love the work that. right now. I love that. You have to focus on reflection. You have to find ways tight time to reflect. It's something that's easier said than done, especially now after, as we thought COVID was moving past us. Now we don't know, but things are moving fast again. I need to sit back at, at the end of every week and see what I can improve on for the next week because there's so much we can always keep going forward. Thank you for such an amazing episode so far. I want to now jump into the spotlight story here as we have someone from Canada, a female mental health advocate on the show today. I want to introduce the story of another female mental health advocate in Canada, Olympian Clara Hughes.
The six-time Olympic medalist went from trying to become the fastest individual in the world to, as the article describes, slow down to the pace of a human being. The switch of life led her to hiking over 16 kilometers and discovering the healing power of movement. I learned movement changes life and helps transition a depressed state to inspiring others to use their voice and face their fears. We talked about exercise a little bit today, just like this. But she was not just any ordinary Olympian. She is the only athlete in the history of the Olympics with a medal in summer and winter. Thought that was pretty cool. I'd love to see someone who's resonating with us to live more of a than normal life. She's also one of the founding spokesmen of the Bell Let's Talk campaign. I've had shout out to Sharia Patel, who's been on the show. She's been a part of that. This event takes place in Canada and helps break stigmas worldwide. Do you have any insight on her as an Olympian uh, from Canada or Clara Hughes' story? Um, what I love what you shared about her story is that, um, you know, how she slowed down. It makes me reflect on there was a particular year where, you know, have you ever done like a theme of the year where you kind of put a word of the year? Right. Did you ever do one of those? No. So I did a year where I said, this is the year of yes. I am saying okay, yes, yes to everything. Have, yeah. Okay. Right. So, so that was the year of yes. And I thought I want to be open to all the opportunities that come my way. I don't want to be uh, closed or restricted. Let's just kind of throw it to the wind. Well, it was great. For the first six, seven months till around this July, it was great. Um, all these opportunities started coming my way, said, yes, yes, yes. By the fall, I was jam-packed booked. Like, I mean, it was manageable for the first part of the year, but the second part of the year, it was insane. And what ended up happening, as I said, remember those deliberate positive interruptions, the things that I would do every day? Well, I didn't have time for those because I had so much work to do. Yeah. And so there was this... Um, you know, I was just back to back. And um, I remember I was in San Francisco. I did a workshop in the morning for one client, got in an Uber and drove to another client and did another workshop all in the same day. And wow. I had that particular year did 38 speaking events between Canada, the US and Europe. And it was insane. So it was great because I had a lot of opportunity, but I was on the fast train yeah. to burnout. And so I remember it was December 10th. I thought, okay, I'm going to go in. I'm so excited. I'm going to shut down and spend the holidays with my family and come back refreshed, recharged in January. And I was so far from that. And so what I ended up doing was shutting down on December 10th and not coming back till March 25th. I was so burnt out that I depleted my energy reserves that much that, um, you know, those DPIs, those deliberate positive interruptions, they keep me fueled, they keep me energized, they keep me on top of my game as a but because I was so in the game, mm. I didn't have time keeping on top of my game. And I ended up being out of the game for a good three and a half months. Yeah. I even of late I had was working on my most recent book. And unfortunately, the illustrator stepped away for some health concerns and all my energy spent into this book that now is on hold all my reserves the last few weeks, social media consumption hasn't been there. And now it's just not the burnout. Cause we have, I've been on the gates of burnout many times. Now I'm just aware that it could be creeping. So I've slowed down a little bit instead of doing everything. My part-time hustle, more days, everything slowed down, get back to basics, back to my roots. But thank you so much for that, that talk on the story. And thank you so much for an incredible episode throughout the entire time. We already talked about the DPIs, negative bias, routine, staying organized, you name it. We covered it all today. 
How can everybody find you, Finka? Say hello, your company as well, website, social media. Awesome. Uh, so you can visit on our website, sellfromlove.com. So that's S-E-L-L uh, from love.com. Uh, we've got a podcast, Sell From Love, uh, under the same name. Or if you want to learn more about that, uh, we have a book. So I wrote a book. Uh, and uh, stay tuned. We'll have uh, another one coming out this fall uh, called Transformational Selling. But uh, check out uh, sellfromlove.com. You can get on our email list and we'll keep you updated for the next book coming out. Be sure to stop by. She has a lot of great content to offer and she has a lot on the horizon. So stay tuned. And we are at Vincent A. Lancy and a mental health break on all social media, YouTube, and my website is vincentalancy.com. No matter which age you are, I have a book for you. Mental Health Week and Mr. Lancy Talks Mental Health are both available on Amazon now. Thank you for tuning in and we will see you next Tuesday on a mental health break. Finca, it was great to see you and thank you so much. Thank you, Vincent. It was so great to be here. 